Though, you know, I wasn't actually there when you all fought that weird smoke creature you were telling me about. What was that whole thing? I mean, it was a pretty dangerous fight, but there was one thing that I couldn't quite piece together from all of that. He kept mentioning some sort of traitorous spirit. And uh, it just, it doesn't quite make sense. Like, who could that be? Traitorous spirit? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and Captain looks at Checkers, <laughs> boring a hole in your... I uh, wasn't even there. How could it be me? Do you have something to share with us, Salve? Hmm? <laughs> Not as far as you know. I believe they were actually referring to me. Wait, what? Ever since I can remember, I have had my body or soul shared with a dream spirit by the name of Vakri. I don't dream in the normal sense, but instead when I sleep, I go to my mind and Vakri, the spirit is there. So you're sharing your head with like a spooky ghost or something? He's not spooky. He's not a ghost, but the sentiment is the same, yes. I'm a little bit concerned about the um, traitorous portion. I was too, at first, but Vakri has been with me my entire life, and I've asked him directly about being a traitor and what this smoke creature would want from him. He did not know, but he has left to find out. So do you actually dream now? Uh, I do not. I still go to, for lack of a better term, my mind palace? My mind library. But uh, I mostly just go to do research or note-taking, filing. Huh. Well, I hope Vakri comes back soon. Maybe then we'll finally get some answers. So the four of you see this ethereal face overlap Vals, Checkers, Selv, Kaskrin, and the Fortunate. He calls out, please, we need help. And this face stays there for just a moment and then kind of fades back into Val. The Fortunate looks at you three as you are still kind of all reeling from both finding Val unconscious, but also this strange appearance. And Checkers will pick up a nearby stick and just go, Val, Val, something weird's happening to you. Wake up. Val, 
And Cashman is like getting closer to her too, trying to figure out like, how do we help Valeska? And clearly not getting a response. As this tension is immediately rationing up, you guys are moving into problem solving mode. You're trying to figure out what's going on. You're asking questions of yourselves, of the fortunate, of Val. When the last thing you wanted to hear pierces your ears. Another inhuman howl that after a moment is joined by another and another until a chorus screams over the plains. Oh God, not now! And Kaskrin is like, he can feel the terror rising inside of him as he's like beginning to search using his dark vision, the outskirts of what's going on, trying to identify if there's anything else out there while Val is unconscious. And Checkers and Mango are like back to back, looking also at the surrounding area. And Checkers is like poking Val quite a bit harder now with the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, well, it didn't work earlier, but this will do it. You guys look out into the darkness through what is still pouring rain. There's no moonlight lighting up anything. You can barely see a few feet in front of you. Any approaching threat is absolutely lost to the inky shadows. The fortunate bolts upright and says, I don't know what's going on with Val. I don't know what you guys need to do to help her. It sounds important. Someone needs to someone needs to be here. So Catherine gets closer to Val. And do I feel anything as I'm getting closer to you to where the ethereal mask was? There is a coldness. Okay. It is it is emanating a bit from Val, but it's almost like not her like if you put your hand to her, it's not necessarily that she is cold, but that there is some sort of like aura of coldness, especially right around her face and her head. Castrin is kind of going to kneel by her head and turn towards Selv, turn towards Checkers and say, there's gotta be something out there. Something seems to be closing in on us. Can you see what it is? And at the same time, Castrin is, he doesn't know what's happening to Valeska, but there is a feeling that he is like trying to calm himself down and cultivate. He's trying to like remember what it felt like when Valeska used Mindslink on him. And he's trying to like remember that to see if he can like almost reverse Mindlink. Can you roll me a wisdom saving throw? 19. So you get into that headspace you tap into that feeling. Mm-hmm. You feel this almost gravitational pull, not necessarily of your body, but of your mind, where just for a moment, your consciousness is almost caught up in some sort of a black hole, and you can feel it almost be sucked into Val's consciousness but you are successfully able to catch it in time because you were kind of attuning yourself and getting into the right headspace to be aware of what was happening. But you get the sense that 
you can let go of your defenses, and whatever happens, happens. Yeah, he like almost feels himself slipping, but then rips himself away from that sensation and looks towards everyone else. I think as we're hearing these howls all around us, just we can't see anything in the darkness through the rain. All we hear in the forest are just these deep, inhuman howls. I think Checkers would actually start to try to get Valeska onto Mango and have them retreat into the trees if possible. Can Mango make me a wisdom saving throw? 21. And can Checkers please make me a wisdom saving throw? For sure. 19. You and Mango both are able to successfully kind of steal yourselves, especially as... You know, cast. Did you say anything uh, about it? Yeah, I, I, would, okay. I would have told everyone. I couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. And I feel like this kind of is almost happening at the same time too. Of like, Caskrin is getting this feeling, and then all of a sudden, Checker springs into action and suddenly just gets disoriented or starts to feel these things also. And as Checkers is kind of feeling this, he calls out like, "Did you feel that, Cass? I felt it too. Something's happening. Something's pulling us in." And as you guys are all kind of doing this tactical retreat, the fortunate is again saying, I don't know what these are. I think I can defend you guys if you need to, but I don't like being outnumbered. Selv will kind of plant his staff into the ground, stretch a little bit and say, "Um, one of us has to stay here and watch whoever goes in. But another one of us has to draw those things off. And he'll just kind of, like, look around kind of between everybody. The fortunate locks eyes at you and then kind of looks around at everyone else and says, I don't know that I can even go in there. I'll stay here. Your aura will drive off most things. I'll see if I can lead those other creatures away and um, hopefully uh, meet you back here. I don't think we have time to argue. All right, Sal, you got this. Take this, it'll keep you safe. And he'll put Junior on top of Selv's head. <laughs> he'll, he has to, like, jump onto a tree and then, like, deposit Junior on Slam Selv. dunk. Do yeah. a slam dunk yeah, on Yeah, he can't do it, like, with Caskrin, where he can just kind of, like, reach up and put it on his head. He has to do, like, a wall jump. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then just, like, runs back over to Val. Val, we're coming. Hold on. Hold on as long as you can. Do you guys lower your defenses? At that point, with Selv and the Fortunate out there trying to fend off whatever is lurking in the rain, Kaskrin and, I imagine, Checkers... Checkers and Mango, yeah. Yeah, kneel next to Valeska, try to cultivate that feeling once again, and let themselves be sucked into whatever's drawing them closer. What happens is a surreal feeling. It is at once, again, this strange gravitational pull, but also like hands reaching in and pulling your consciousness like it was taffy. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. I need that consciousness. <laughs> and you black out. For Selv and the Fortunate, before Selv goes out into the rain... They see Checkers, Mango, and Kaskrin slumped down right next to Val. Before I leave, 
I am going to use control flame on our campfire and double the amount of light that is produced. I know the fortunate can see in the dark, and then Sel will say, Less for you and more so I can find my way back. And then I will pick up a log or stick or something that's that's actually on fire, and then I will also use control flame on that to double the amount of light that that produces. The fortunate springs to action and begins their preparations as you hold this torch aloft and run into the darkness. Checkers, Mango, and Kaskrin. You snap to consciousness. Everything is hazy. Nothing appears to be quite in focus. You look down at your hands, and you can see that they are there. You can flex them, you can feel them, you can touch your equipment, anything you're wearing, and it all is there, but it's like you're squinting, or like your perception is just a little bit off. It looks like we made it. Oh, is this like that weird vision thing we just did? And Cashman looks around to see, like, are there people fighting? (laughs) Is there a prince yelling at us? Right. You guys look up, and you hear nothing. It is quiet, but not too quiet, if that makes sense. It is a reassuring silence. The rustle of pages. Right. Almost... Shuffling of feet. (laughs) Almost library-esque. I was going to ask, too, like, as we're looking around... Do we see anything notable, or is it just like kind of a, a hazy background that we're experiencing? So, for you two right now, you can see ahead of you, and it's like you're just in a long hallway that has doors along the sides and goes down probably 30 or 40 feet. There are nice-looking kind of like sconces up on the wall, and it is just relatively serene. And Casper calls out, Val! Can you hear us? You hear a chorus of, Shh! <laughs> Val, I hope you're okay. I didn't poke you the stick or anything. Shh! What is... What is that... What is that shushing? I don't like this. <laughs> Can we go yet? As you guys are saying this, everything jostles like a small earthquake then goes back to normal. Did anything shift during that? Like, did anything fall off? It sounded like there was a little bit of clattering, but in the hallway, there's, again, it's really just doors and sconces. Okay. Which is the hot new tabletop role-playing game <laughs> hitting shelves shortly. Kaskrin will walk up to one of the doors and try to open it. You see above the doorway is a simple bronze plaque that has the words herbology, A through F. And if you'd like to you kind of wiggle the door handle, it seems to be open. And Caspian looks skeptically at Checkers. Where are we? Uh, are there any books flying around? <laughs> no, again, it's just it halls and sconces. Okay. What don't you know? It's it's just the two things. Caspian uh-huh. will like knock on the door with his hand just to see if anything responds before opening. Ooh, that's a good question. Hmm. Does anything respond? Knowing what 
Val is up to. <laughs> what the Val consciousness is up to. Does anything respond, Sophie? Uh, you hear the rustling of leaves and a snap as if like something closed quite quickly, but okay. uh, no one responds. Okay. And then he'll open the door and peek inside. You see a greenhouse that is unusually tall with small pots that are all identical with labels on them. And each of them has a different plant in it. And you can probably surmise that all of these plants are herbs, A through F. <laughs> and those there will also be like... Um, drawers under every shelf mm-hmm. i just imagine like this scene from the other end where just this giant greenhouse and then like a little tiny door and caskrin pokes his dumb head through 100 yep, <laughs> and just like peers around <laughs> closes the door <laughs> hmm. bigger on the inside <laughs> i don't know if i want to be in here <laughs> i don't know if i like yeah, this right? <laughs> we look the other way down the hallway to see if there's an exit yeah no uh Val's very that. capable. She can she can yeah. handle it, probably, right? <laughs> no, I think look, we we have to we gotta get moving, but I do wanna see like are there other labels on some of the other doors? Is Boy there a, uh... are there. <laughs> Every door you pass has a label on it. Okay. It is a wide range. There is, of course, the other half of the herbology. There's a lot more A through Fs. There is biology, comma, anatomy. There is all sorts of mortal anatomies. There is physics. There is astrophysics. There is psychology. There is crushes. There are... That one's locked. Yeah. That one is... <laughs> Hello. So, actually... Oh, no, it wouldn't be. Well, I'll say it this way. Not necessarily that in particular. Mm-hmm. But some of the doors are locked. Hmm. But you are a guest here. And therefore, you are, a de- no, you are a guest and friends. Of course, you can see any of the knowledges that Val has, and probably a good amount of the personal, not just, I mean, memories, is what this is. is these are memories. But there's probably a few doors that are, are locked or have, you know, like a, an extra dresser mm-hmm. that you would need a key for, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But it's kind of a smattering of what you do and don't have access to. And there's like one door that we walk past that's just scavenger hunt strategies. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, Cashman's like, this is Val's mind, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, sure. It seems like it. You guys walk along this hallway and you see all of these topics. Highly specific and also highly generalized soon forks start appearing with other hallways that lead lots of other different directions and probably loop in on itself and do strange bits of geometry and architecture that don't necessarily make literal reality sense but you walk through them and during this whole time too Checkers is kind of in a quiet voice keeping to himself Akri Bakri, are you in here? Hello? 
Valeska, can you hear us? Hello? Is anyone out there? Nathan. Yes. I have a question. Mm Mm-hmm. Are you imagining this all as hallways? So, for them, yes. Okay. It is your mind, though. So you know, I'll put it this way, you know enough shortcuts, quote-unquote, that it looks however you want it to because it is your mind. For them, they are experiencing it as an outsider. I don't know if anyone else has had this thing where you have this clear idea in your head but you can't explain it in a way that makes sense to someone else's brain. Where it's just like, if you were in my brain, you would understand what I meant or how I was saying this, but you're not. And so uh, it's just this weird disconnect. And that's kind of how they experience it. Where for you, it makes total sense. It is, again, it is a small cottage. It is uh, a giant library. It is whatever Val wants it to be in the moment, needs it to be experiences it, whatever. For them, it is just this, like, very esoteric hallway, but that could open into anything. Through the doors, through the halls, through through whatever. Okay. I have one question for you, yeah. Sophie. What's an interesting doorway that they pass by that isn't just math, grades 6 through 8? I mean, that's very interesting. Right, exactly. (laughs) But they expect that to be there. I think a door that would be quite intricate, maybe not necessarily... Cool. It kind of, like, the door itself stands out, Mm -hmm. and it looks like it has all of these just, like, gibberish carved into it, and the carving is... It almost looks like it's glowing, Mm -hmm. like fire or lava wood, but in just the same material as any other door. Above it is a word that neither Checkers nor Cass can understand. It's the language section. (laughs) (laughs) Do you open it? Yeah, and and I think Checkers would just like... This is an interesting one. <laughs> I think Checkers would try to first reach his hand towards the door to see if it is actually like hot or dangerous or something. It would not be hot. Okay. And then would try to turn open the knob and peek inside. Can you make me an intelligence saving throw, please? <laughs> <laughs> Can I? Wow. 14. You are stunned. <laughs> for, <laughs> for a round, basically. But like, you are punched in the brain (laughs) with not just information Uh but with words like and meanings and like syntax (laughs) and the concept of organizing sentences Mm. all just explodes into your brain all at once some of it you can parse Mm -hmm. most of it I would say you know just like rattles your brain I think Checkers would have honestly preferred, like, the astrophysics or the math <laughs> yeah. one compared to the languages one. Like, for him, that is really his his weakness. <laughs> astrophysics, you go in the door and you just float around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, cool. that would have been fine. I would have been okay with that. And Caspian, like, comes up to you, like, he rushes up to you and, like, grabs you by the waist and, like, kind of picks you up and spins you around away from the door. Just like, nope, 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 not that one. <laughs> God, I just got this beautiful image of Checkers 
just his big frog mouth just hanging open and like drool. (laughs) (laughs) And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hi everyone, David here with The Mineral. We hope you've been enjoying the episode so far. If you want more of the Reckless Attack crew, come join the community on Discord. The link is in the show notes of the episode and on our website, recklessattack.com. If you want to support the show, head on over to Patreon, where you can get access to our behind-the-screen talkback series, as well as our new series, Reckless A Snack, where we eat snacks and chat about the question of the day. As always, if you like the show, be sure to tell a friend about it too. Thanks so much for listening. And now, back to the episode. So Catherine at this point is like feeling a lot less scared compared to what is going on outside. Like this now feels like a safer, like a safe space Mm -hmm. now that we know more about what it is. But at the same time, like there's still that kind of tension between we have somewhere we need to be, we have to find Val, we have to find Vakri. But at the same time, he's also trying to listen and see, like, can he hear anything that's going on outside? Like any fighting or any anything coming from out there? I this is a, a wonderful thing, a wonderful gift you have given me, David. <laughs> For one, to answer your question. You No, you are still in this, like, you've been wandering for a little bit now, mm-hmm. and still, like, nothing. Like, it is, like you said, it's almost a false sense of security that you know is, like, it's almost, I feel weird how safe I feel and mm-hmm. how comfortable right, this is. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so you still don't hear anything. But, just as you are thinking that, another quake. This time, a little harsher. So much so that you do hear a little bit more clattering. And as if a book here or there or a scroll or something has fallen in just some of the rooms around, maybe a potted plant, etc. Just kind of a weird cacophony of not tons of noise, but more noise. Mm -hmm. Further on, you actually see that one of the doors has cracked open slightly. Just kind of in the 
in kind of the commotion, one of the doors is open. You can see this like kind of like little beam of like golden soft light emanate from it a little further down the hall. And at that point, like with the added force, Kaskin's going to kind of move a little bit more quickly towards that door just to see what's inside mm-hmm. and see what the label is. Above, on the little brass label, you see Caden Jr. air quotes CJ <laughs> Carter. And you can hear the sound of, of children laughing just beyond. Oh, this one doesn't look like it's going to hurt me. And like, Kaskrin and Checkers will kind of like open the door a little bit, like just one head on top of the other and look in. What does CJ look like, Sophie? Uh, CJ, as they were kids, he and Val are roughly the same height. You can see Val's probably like eight. CJ would be like 11, but he didn't get his growth spurt till way later. <laughs> and, Real late bloomer, that yeah, CJ. Um, so he's pretty pretty short for a 11 year old and is like light brown hair that is probably just like chin length and you'll see that Val is actually braiding it Aww. and she has braided his hair to match hers while he is reading to her what do you think, and it doesn't need to be the book title or anything like that, but what kind of books do you think CJ read to Val when they were hanging out together? CJ was very much into, like, the historical fictions, but more so, like, the political ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 11-year-old kid is <laughs> <Yeah>. perfect. <laughs> A Carter. A Carter through and through. Um, and in this moment, Val has agreed to listen to him read one chapter, but then she gets to read to him the, um, like, toddler book in (laughs) Sylvan, because she's practicing. I have one last kind of, like, almost existential question. Mm Mm-hmm. That, and it, it sounds very scary when I phrase it like that. I apologize. <laughs> Do you think Val has a separate room for good memories of people, of her family, of her friends, of her adventures, of good books, and a not-so-good one? Or do you think that they are all one room for her? You know, how granular does she get? How How much kind of, like, specific... How much intention does she kind of organize stuff with especially when it comes to people for Val you can't have a person in parts Mm -hmm. so there would be no separate rooms and there's a vast amount of intention behind all of it Yeah, but to her even if part of it is uncomfortable or bad for Mm -hmm. lack of better phrasing it's still part of it Mm -hmm. 
So you guys, this is kind of like the scene at the forefront, but there is just all of this other feeling and memory and emotion all tied up. It's it would almost be simplifying it to say that you could kind of see like a nebulous memory of a little kid fight or mm-hmm. of them, you know, quietly studying together or whatever. But even if you're not literally seeing that, that's almost like you're feeling you're perceiving those things mm-hmm. kind of all all at once. I think for checkers, he's sitting on top of Mango right now. And for some reason, this is really kind of getting to him. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of quiets down a little bit and just kind of stares at the scene in front of him and almost just kind of falling out of his mouth a little bit. He says, you know, this reminds me a lot of when I was a kid. Yeah. And Cash Green feels like that same way. Like it's a private moment that we're looking at almost. It's like, yeah, what were you like when you were a kid, Checkers? Hmm. <laughs> are you guys are you guys still kind of like taking all of this in yeah. as, as you're talking about yeah. this? Yeah, I think we're still in the room right now. And yeah, Checkers feeling in a surprisingly like reminiscing mood. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, I used to watch the other kids run around like this, reading to each other, playing with each other. You know, Lotros had a lot of kids that didn't really have family, so we spent a lot of time together, you know? And Caspian has, like, a quizzical look on his face. Like, wait a minute. Checkers, which kids were these again? The ones in Lotros, you know. Checkers, that was, like, last year. Are you telling me that's your childhood? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean... Wait, 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 hold on. As we're, like, in, in this, like, enveloped in these memories of, like, CJ and, and Velasquez's youth. Checkers, how old are you? Ah, ah. Uh, and Checkers starts, like, counting on his fingers. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, why? Maybe they two. count by months or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's like... <laughs> lunar cycles. Right, it's like... Uh, I'm 18 months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. But, yeah. like, yeah, actually, though, like, he would say, like, I don't know, 19, 20 months? I'm almost two. And Cashman just has this, like, <laughs> a gashed look on his face. By far the oldest member of the party. <laughs> He's like, Checkers, <laughs> you're two? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Almost. Almost, <laughs> and, and based off of how what you were kind of thinking, uh-huh. would he phrase it differently? Like, would he phrase it as, like, yeah, in this cycle, I'm almost two or something like that you know of like or would he just or it would just be the parlance be like yep i'm almost two um, i don't think there's a wrong answer i'm just i'm just curious yeah, like right i'm trying to decide like because how would how would checkers introduce himself to like the other kids basically like when they ask him how old he is does he say oh i'm two or does he kind of like base it around how old he thinks the other kids are when they might be like eight to twelve or something and i think i think after a certain point he's like lost track of what the like age thing might mean. So the best answer he really has is, yeah, I'm like 19 months almost. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Catherine is is rubbing his forehead. <laughs> just actual children. <laughs> Checkers, do you do you have any family in Lotros anywhere like at all? Like, where are you from? And I don't think it's a question that Checkers 
really answered previously. Like, yeah. you know, people may have asked Checkers where he was from. Like, when he originally joined the guild, it was a question of, like, hey, you know, what part of the world are you from? And Checkers never really gave a straight answer. Yeah, um, and probably you could just say Lotros. Yeah. And he'd be like, yep. Yeah. Okay, that's checks out with our paperwork. That's right. fine. Right, exactly. And I think that's that's the answer. Like, you know, well, I'm, I'm from Lotros, same as you. I don't know if I would call those kids my family, but, you know, we hung out a lot. So let me just get this straight. You are 19 months old, and your closest family is a group of orphans back in Lotros. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you want to put it that way. So if you're almost two, how old do you get to be? I mean, you don't seem like a child. <laughs> okay, I'm not. <laughs> you are of legal age to right. sign up to do murders right. professionally. <laughs> yes. I think there's a lot to be said about that. And Checkers kind of gives an offhand uh, answer of, like, again, trying to count on his fingers. Uh, hmm. Like, 60, 70 months? Months? I feel like that's how he got into the guild. He just put 19 <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they assumed it was years. Though, though, canonically, for the listeners, Checkers is a consenting adult. Yes. <laughs> he is, he's, this is not, there's no child soldiers. Mm-hmm. The Reckless actually, Attack podcast. Yep. He's a mature grung, a exactly. mature adult grung. He Correct. just has had a lot of interesting situations in his developmental years, yeah. developmental months. <laughs> he and Val are the same age. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Checkers, you only live for five years. It's not usually a problem, you know. Where I come from, people living and dying doesn't really have that much of a meaning. So, when people die, they lose some memories, but they don't really ever die. They come back. So you're gonna, you're gonna come back afterwards, is what I'm hearing. And then that checker just kind of gets a little, like, more quiet, like, I don't think I will. I left that place a long time ago, and I'm not going back. But that's, that's all the more reason to have as much fun as we can, right? And Cash Quinn, like, he doesn't know how to how to deal with that. Like, you know, how much of it is prying, how much of it is, like, mm-hmm. being friendly. So it's just... I mean, I I guess, yeah. Is there... Is there anything we can do? And I think it's something about this room, really, mm-hmm. and these the scenes of Val's childhood that are really getting checkers into yeah. a sharing mood. And it's not even just childhood. Like, yeah. it is like memories of her brother, like up till now. Yeah. Like up till the conversation she had <laughs> via sending right before, you know, in the yeah. days when she knew she had extra spell slots. Mm-hmm. Like, it is the full years yeah. of her, of this part of her life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's something about watching someone else grow up yeah. and become an adult. Like that that's really hitting Checkers hard. And he sees a vision of Val maybe like what would be a, a momentous occasion in Val's life? Like a memory that might pop up. Around 
like 13 or 14, she would have been admitted as a, I can only think of the word postulant, and that sounds weird for the <laughs> illustrious yeah. atheum. Like an acolyte? Yeah, like, an, like a cleric in training yeah, yeah, right. yeah. for the illustrious Sorry, Catholic over here. Yeah. <laughs> the pre nun. Whatever, we got a bunch of saints yeah. and shit running around. It's, yeah. it's whatever. Um, so she, there'd be like a, a ceremony where she would get a like robe or tunic mm-hmm. and uh, her whole family would have been there. Yeah. And CJ, who chose not to go that path, was still very excited for her and very happy for her. Mm-hmm. And he was you know, like older teenager at that time. Mm-hmm. So it's like half congratulating her, 75% like beating her up. At the same time, <laughs> I know? mean, usual, usual kind of vibes. Yeah. 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 And that vision of Val getting admitted into the illustrious atheum and the feelings that come around with it float by mm-hmm. and checkers begins to think, well, I don't know if there's anything that we can do about it, but Ever since I was born, I had a vision. And I don't know where it came from, but it's just like it was always there. And I had this idea of a place somewhere where the plants aren't poisonous, where the world isn't trying to eat you, where the food is abundant, the water is clean, and the people there don't have to die they can just keep living and they don't have to lose anything I've never seen another grung before but if we ever find the other grung again maybe they might know where this kind of place is other than the big poison mean ones well specifically those like yeah right (laughs) yeah I'm just now realizing that checkers is probably like 700 years old but only remembers being 19 months I mean hard to say hard to say <laughs> yeah right well <laughs> Sophie just has her head buried in hands yeah. that makes two of us yeah yep. just <sighs> yep. breaking brains over here yep. <laughs> Cass don't worry next door is the emotional intelligence door just hop in yeah, there right. just bathe in there <laughs> yeah. don't worry about it and Cashman will kind of like slowly shut the door on CJ's memories after looking at the nebula one more time mm-hmm. and just says, well, if we ever do find that place, it does sound really nice, Checkers. Yeah, it does. You guys keep walking. Relatively shortly thereafter, there's another tremor. This time, even stronger to the point where there's dust kind of falling from ceilings. You see shadows shake from the sconces. You hear more clattering of things. But at the end of the hall, you see not so much a doorway as a kind of broken arch where there maybe was a doorway. Uh, It is as if something was ripped out or disassembled but you can just kind of see a jagged a jagged hole where there is darkness beyond. And Checkers will conjure up some stones and 
throw one at it. <laughs> you really huck it down yeah. the hallway. Yeah. And it clatters pretty much normally, other than it gets real fuzzy real quickly because of kind of the disorientation. Uh-huh. But you see the rock skitter into the opening. And Kaskrin calls out one more time towards it. Val! Can you hear us? You hear a reply coming from a little further down. It's not quite through the opening, but a Vakri's voice. I think the gods are here. Hurry, hurry! And you don't, run see, up. <laughs> again, you don't see anything. It is just this disembodied voice. David and Jonathan both just mimed. Yes, they did. <laughs> did a lot of bouncing. It was just very good. Immediately. <laughs> yes. Hop on the mango. Oh, yeah, right. Cass, let's go. Just double moving right into the arch. Right. Do you guys go just kind of barrel through? Hearing Valkyrie's voice like, oh, yeah, we're moving. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. You guys catch a glimpse of the... There is actually still a plaque here. Huh. Where clearly this was a doorway once... And it says, dreams. And you run through, and you kind of are hit with this blackness, and you are in total darkness for just a moment. And then you emerge into an open, plain room. There are several bookshelves here, but all appear to be empty. And it appears as though if a mental space could have dust, that is the vibe. Hmm. Uh, You know, brain cobwebs. (laughs) Out in the open of this fairly large room. Again, stone floors, a little bit of a kind of old musty smell, is a strange scene. Closest to you, are two large hulking figures. It appears as though their skin is moving. Yeah. And every once in a while, there will be just this small pinprick of a spine that kind of just undulates out and rejoins the rest of the skin. Between the two, a little further into this room, is a creature whose anatomy makes no sense. It is a swirling mass of eyes and arms. All of its appendages and eyes are swirling as if it is rotating in space at all times. And beyond it, you see your friend, Valeska Carter, inside of some sort of strange, arcane circle. She appears to be down on her hands and knees, fighting to remain conscious. From out of one of the bookshelves you see a one-eyed man, Bakri, charge out and yells across the room, Now! And he enters into this circle. 
immediately racked by this strange blue light crackling across his body and gritting their teeth pushes through and almost like picks up Val and throws her out of the circle where he instead is then brought to his knees crackling with this terrible energy you hear a light voice call out it seems we have more joining us what a pleasant surprise two more to burn for the war to come And that is where we will end this week's episode. Uh, Yay! gotten through and updated everything yet yeah we're taking a break also i find it funny that um april fools will supplant episode 69 because <laughs> <laughs> like Damn. it's uh yeah so guys were geniuses yeah it's great <laughs> yeah it always works out we're so good at timing yeah. now now it's now we definitely have to skip yeah uh-huh. however many weeks uh, oh yeah. i have yeah. i've already planned it right. the calendar's updated okay. i have the exactly. schedule finalized okay, okay. i'm only taking january off makes no it right yeah <laughs> we no we it all works yeah until we'll, yeah we'll release episode 68 and then wait like four months until <laughs> yeah. april for episode 69 yeah <laughs> yeah exactly but like, then we will release 16 episodes yeah. <laughs> right. to make up for like yeah. the to right. juice the numbers mm-hmm. just be like sorry for looks like get 12,000 downloads in one day. Yeah. <laughs>